Um, I don't know if you caught this story uh, recently in the press. My wife and I were driving back from somewhere, and we heard this on the radio, and I've not been able to stop thinking about it. Now, this story is by no means a sort of a, um, an endorsement of, of gambling at all, but it was about a couple who thought they'd entered the Euro Millions lottery. Do you hear about this story? They enter their numbers week in, week out. There's a direct debit that goes out of their account, uh, and they believed for a while that they had won 182 million on the Euro Millions lottery. Now, I don't know about you, but for a moment there, they must have thought, well, all of our dreams have come true. There's, there's not much that we couldn't imagine doing with that amount of money. So they contacted the lottery and they checked their numbers. And then they said, oh, I'm terribly sorry. There was a problem with your direct debit. So unfortunately, although those are your numbers, we cannot now give you the money. Yeah, right. <laughs> Like, what do you do with that? But apparently, they did send them a nice message that just said, good luck with the next draw. So <laughs> they, wished them, they wished them the best. And it's one of those stories that stays with us because it kind of has that feeling of a missed opportunity, of being so close to something, and yet so far. We've got a phrase that we use sometimes, don't we? A FOMO fear of missing out. And of course, Christmas is one of those times when we have that fear of, of missing out. If I don't go to that party, or if I don't get the right presents, or if I don't get enough food, or all these things that we're, we're fearful of. Uh, I love this picture that I saw in the paper this week of somebody who's really gone to town on decorating the house. I mean, there is barely a square inch. I'd hate to think what their electricity bill is. Barely a square inch. And the house next door just put up this. Ditto. <laughs> I, I just thought that was great. What they said. Yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll go with that. Because sometimes you have enough, don't you, of just trying to keep up fear of, of missing out. One of the things that's really struck me this year is we've journeyed together through this Christmas season. I've revisited some of those passages. Is that this fear of missing out seems to be lacking from the Christmas story. Uh, there's a verse that occurs that is kind of a strange one, really. Um, it, it talks about the time when Jesus was born, this incredible opportunity. Joseph and Mary have been hearing through the readings. I've had to journey to Bethlehem, and we read this. Jesus was born, and she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Now, the jury's out on what that word guest room means. It could mean inn, and for years and years, many of us have been in the nativity place where we've been the innkeeper, and we've thought of an inn, but actually, it can also mean the family guest room. Every Jewish home was meant to have one. But when Mary and Joseph arrive in Bethlehem, there's no room for them in the guest room. And a little part of me thinks, really? In the whole town, there was nowhere. Nowhere for them. We're 
uh, dog owners. I don't know if some of you here might be uh, cat lovers, and if you are, we'll pray for you afterwards. But we tend to be uh, dog lovers in our family. There's this odd thing. I don't know if anyone here has got a dog. Have you ever tried to point at something when you want your dog to see something? They don't get pointing, do they? They tend to look at your finger rather than the thing that you're, you're pointing at. And I wonder sometimes as we read this story, if we can miss one thing that gets pointed at time and time again. For all of the stuff that we think of as being part of the, the nativity story, the innkeeper being one, but we don't know if there was an innkeeper or not. One thing that is very clearly pointed to is this word manger. It appears three times in the story. This cattle feeding trough, we've often made them out of woods. Actually, in our day, we're understanding more and more they were, they were probably made out of stone. They weren't made for babies. They weren't built for comfort. They were built for hay and water to look after cattle. But three times we're told that when the king of kings comes to earth to be born, he's placed in a manger. We'd have loved tonight to have been out singing by the streetlight. Unfortunately, we can't be. But we do have a streetlight. It's a leftover prop from one of our school shows that we did this year. And we've left it up because it kind of creates that, Christ I don't know why, that sort of Christmassy feeling, doesn't it? We've got all kinds of Victorian bits in our heads as well. I think I've actually got more to do with Charles Dickens, haven't they, than, than the Bible. But it's kind of in there. But sometimes we, we sort of put it all together in this way, don't we? We think that this magical Christmassy place, this magical Christmassy feeling, we've got to go to some other world, to some other time to find it. But when Jesus wanted to find us, he didn't come to some magical place, some magical world. He came right down to our world, to the stone-cold reality of rejection, of homelessness, of harshness. And maybe for some of us, that's a familiar feeling. Maybe for some of us, even this Christmas, there's a sense of, I'm not welcome. I'm not wanted. Or even if you are, if they really knew about me, I wouldn't really be welcome. I want you to know this Christmas that Jesus doesn't need you to escape to some magical fantasy place, but has come right down to meet you where you are. I don't know how many people here have got an advent calendar. How many people have got one? Yeah, they're probably useless now, aren't they, by Christmas Eve? No, no, very little point uh, left to them now at all. Uh, this year, as with last year, one of my colleagues uh, bought me an escape room advent calendar. It's the, one of the coolest things I've ever been given. It's incredible. You have to solve the code each day to know which door to open the next day. Uh, I can recommend it to you. It's, it's, it's great fun. Uh, and one of the interesting things about this story is, as we think about Christmas and we think about Jesus, maybe for some of us here, we don't know the next step. We don't know the next door. You know, for me to move on from where I am in my life and my understanding of God and, and my faith, what's the next step for me? What's the next door to, to push on? And I just want to say to each and every one of us, the only door that any of us can open is the door to our own heart. And if we'll do that, 
this year, Jesus is wanting to come in and to heal all those places of hardness and coldness and rejection for each and every one of us. Perhaps to pick up a story that he'd started writing and carry it on in our hearts and lives.